Psalms 65:11. This is a scripture that we have said for an entire year. I wasn't going to say it this morning, but I thought, you know what? Because Jesus has come, this was manifested for you and me. You crown the year with your goodness and your past drip with abundance. It's not just 2017. It should be every year of your life and every year of my life that every year is crowned with the goodness of God because his goodness does not disappear. His goodness doesn't get diluted. Did you know you can't dilute the love of God or the goodness of God? But you crown the year with goodness and your past drip with abundance. And I know there's going to be times of challenge in 2018. There may be times of even if you want to call it darkness or, or you know, I hear people say, I, I just don't know if God is hearing me. There seems to be a silence. You know, the, the song that we sing at Christmas, Silent Night. But you can rest assured that God is with you and that he will never, ever leave you no matter what. I know that's a simple truth. But it tends to be that when we get all emotional or, or our life gets uh, in a mess or stuff starts happening, stuff happens. No matter what's going on, you need to know that Jesus has never left you and never will, no matter what. Jesus was born so that he could die. That's why I always like to take communion every Christmas because he was born for the sole purpose to die and the reason that he was going to die was so that you and I could have his life. Could have his life, the very life of God. I know it's hard for us to wrap our hands around that kind of statement, but, you know, I was thinking about this this week. I thought, if I could become anybody, you know, who would I be? Have you ever thought of that? Don't tell me who you could be. I mean, I don't want to know that. I mean, if it's Popeye the Sailor Man or something weird, I don't know. But, you know, who would you want to be? You know, I know some people would say, I want to be like Bill Gates. He's a billionaire. Bill Gates, bottomless pit when it comes to finances. But can he do anything for your health? Can he do anything for your marriage? Can he do anything for your emotional well-being? You may be able to put a Corvette in your driveway, but that may be the extent of it. But you say, man, I, yeah, I, I see where you're going with this. Do you understand that Jesus came as a baby? How vulnerable could you come? Almighty God, all of a sudden now, is poured into a baby that is 100% dependent upon man. Baby Jesus. Why would he do something like that? You know, I want us in 2018 to realize that God is much, much bigger than a God who just wants to take his children or make a way for his children to go to heaven. Is that a big deal? Yeah, that's a big deal. But I'm here to tell you there is something far bigger than just you and I going to heaven. I usually get everybody's attention when I say something like that. What could be bigger than that? Well, I'm going to tell you, people understand that we need something here 
while we're alive and well. You know, that's why back in the 70s, you know, everybody, I mean, the rapture was just rapture crazy almost. You know why? Because everybody wanted to leave. Why? Because it's hell on earth. I want to escape the hell that I'm living in. And it was no difference between the world and people who didn't know God and the people who did know God. There was no difference. When I was going to school, I went to school with Christians, and uh, there was really no difference, you know. They may not say uh, as many cuss words. Some of them couldn't actually outcuss the other guys. But, I mean, for the most part, you know, they, it, there was not a whole lot of difference. And the point is, there should be a major difference between the world and the people who not just know God, but understand and realize that God has become one with them. Jesus was born, not just to take us to heaven, but Jesus was born so that he could become one with you and me. What a powerful thing. That is powerful. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. may you say, well, that sounds like too good to be true, but that is the word. 1 Corinthians six seventeen says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You should just meditate upon that from time to time why because you realize I am one with Christ on the inside I am totally one with him so when you make a statement like this that God is love do you know it's not blasphemous or or wrong to say I am love I am peace I am joy and here's a big one I am patient. Galatians 5, 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It's not something that you and I try to obtain or try to make that our goal. Did you know religion has taught me that? <clears throat> religion teaches you that you should work harder to try to become something. That is the deceitfulness of the devil himself. We should work hard to be, so we can be, become at least accepted by God. I have to live holy so I can be accepted by God. I have to do everything right so I can be accepted by God. You know, I want healing to be available to me, but, so I need to make sure that I live holy so I can make sure I'll receive healing from God. And, and maybe there's other promises that, you know, if finances, I got to make sure I do right so God will bless me. The problem is that we don't really understand the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was born so when that he would die, he, we have the ability to accept him. Then for 2,000 years, mankind no longer tries to become something. When you accept Jesus, you have become already something. You and I will never get holier or righteous than you are the day that you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When you get to heaven, you're not going to be really, really good then. Listen, if you learn anything in this Christmas message, you need to learn this. I and you and everyone here, we are not trying to become something. 
I'm going to try to become something. I'm going to make it my, my New Year's resolution. I'm going to work harder to become this in 2018. If there's anything that your resolution should say, it's this. I'm going to understand and, and really get a hold of God and the word to realize what he has already made me. He has made me righteous. He has made me the head and not the tail. He has made me above and not beneath. He has made me healed and whole. He has made me, I have been made a king and a prince, a priest unto God. A priest unto God means that you have 24-7 availability to God. A king means that you have authority and power. We're always trying to get God to do something to, so that we can have the power of God. And what you don't realize is you just need to understand what God has already done for you. It's called the gospel, the good news. In 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 9.15, it says, Thanks be to God for his gift, precious beyond telling, his indescribable, inexpressible free gift. One translation says, it's a gift too wonderful for words. When God says, I love you, that, those words don't describe really what that statement just said. God was not reachable before Jesus. But because of Jesus coming to the earth, being born on this earth... Now, not only is God reachable, you and I have become one with him. Wow, did you get that? You have become one with God. And you say, well, I, I don't merit that. I don't really deserve that. That's why it's called grace. None of us could do anything to get that. No one could get good enough to get that. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before you ever thought about giving your life to God, he already had a plan in place. He already had every need met. And he had victory stamped on your forehead. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I like that phrase, to all people. That means nobody can be left out. No race can be left out. No person that maybe doesn't feel quite smart enough, or maybe uh, I, when it comes to intelligence, you know... Uh, we were the caboose. But it says that the good news is going to be for all people, no matter who you are or what you've done. It says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Everybody say on earth. I'm thankful that it didn't just say, you know, glory to God in the highest, but it said on earth, which Pueblo would be part of that. Peace, goodwill 
toward men. So Jesus came, and all of a sudden, there was an army. Host means army. There was an army of angels in the starry night that made themselves visible to the shepherds and said, listen, there's a baby born. And because they were went to the shepherds that in Bethlehem, every single Passover lamb had to be born in Bethlehem. It was like a feed, feedlot, you know. In America, we have feedlots everywhere. But Israel, they said, we're only going to be able to raise sheep in Bethlehem. Special kind of sheep. It was the Passover lamb. They were special. Every shepherd saw the Passover lambs born in Bethlehem. So naturally, God made sure that the shepherds see the great Passover lamb, Jesus, and his birth. And so the good news was shouted out to them, and he's, the angels, with a host of, uh, of angels singing and praising God, and they make the statement that, on this earth, from now on, it's going to be the peace of God, and there's going to be goodwill towards God, I mean, towards man. There's not going to be a separation anymore between God and mankind. Whosoever will can come. And so the first thing he says, don't be afraid. In 2018, we've said this in 2017. But you need to know that God has done something in you so that he can do something through you to change people around you. There is something great that has happened on the inside of you. When you gave your life to Jesus, there is a, a great exchange. The spiritual man that you were, he died. And you became one with Jesus. And you became all that he is. You need to know how powerful the real you really is on the inside. Paul understood this. At first, he didn't. When the enemy kept coming against him, and, and God finally told him, he says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, religion taught me that God was telling Paul no. No, he wasn't saying no. He was saying, I have placed the power of God on the inside of you that no matter what's coming against you, you are going to have the ability to overcome it. That's called grace. So Paul got, all of a sudden when God told him that, he got a revelation of it and he said, I'm gonna glory in my weakness. See, most people don't wanna, you know, say anything about their weakness, but we all have them, plural. And because you are weak, if you concentrate on, I just need to be stronger, I just need to be stronger, I need to be better, I that's not the way to defeat it. Matter of fact, if you go down that road, you'll get weaker and you'll get more frustrated, and you'll get angry at God. The way to combat that is to say, you know what? You're right, Satan. I am extremely weak in that area, but I am so thankful that I have been given the grace of God to overcome every weakness that ever will exist. Because of the weakness, Paul says, I'm going to glory in my weakness. So the devil, just tell me what the areas I'm weak in. Just keep telling me. That will shut him up in a hurry. Why? Because revelation, the word of God, is set you free. Truth sets people free. It sets you free from religion. It sets you free from yourself. Jesus was born so you wouldn't have to depend upon self. You can depend upon him from now on. 
Looking to him, the author and the finisher of your faith. Even when it comes to believing God, I don't look to Mike. I don't, I don't take a thermometer and see how great or how high my faith is. I look to Jesus. I look to him. And I believe he has enough faith to raise the dead, to cause people to be healed. He has the answers to everything. He has the ability to cause joy to come from tragedy. He has the ability to cause you and me to walk in victory no matter what's going on on this planet. No matter what decision the government makes, no matter what decision uh, your boss makes, you still have every need met and you can walk in victory because of Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6, I close with this. For unto us a child is born. This is a prophecy. Unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And then that last phrase, Prince of Peace. That word peace is shalom in Hebrew. It is the most powerful word that you could say. Why? Shalom, is, it, it encompasses salvation. But there again, religion has said it's just a way for you and I to get to heaven. We're saved to get to heaven. That's what salvation is all about. But if you study the word shalom, it means peace, prosperity, completeness, safeness, salvation. For example, a state of being safe from all danger. The next one, health. A state of lack of disease and wholeness or well-being. Satisfaction. Mick Jagger should have got a hold of this and he would have never sang that song. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, he says, I can't get no satisfaction. That's because he didn't know Jesus, the satisfaction of all satisfaction. Satisfaction means contentment, the state of having one's basic needs or more being met and so being content. I'm content today because of Jesus. Yes, that's right. Hallelujah. And then it says he's a friend. If you ever, people says, I just don't have enough friends. I'll tell you one friend that you have. His name is Jesus. He'll never leave you. He'll never think bad about you. He'll never talk about, about you. Never even reveal your, your thoughts uh, of weakness to anybody. He'll keep it a secret. He's a friend of all friends. Amen. A companion. He's blessing. That word means blessing. The content of the act of giving kindness to another. Yahweh is peace. He doesn't contain peace. He is peace. And once you are born again, that peace comes and he becomes one with you. So all of those things shalom means is inside of you today. So in 2018, we're going to dissect it. We're going to uh, study it. We're going to open it up and just open up the inside of you and me and find out what Jesus has done for you and me. I'm telling you what, there is victory. There's nuclear atomic energy from heaven on the inside of you. He says, I'm going to do, Ephesians 3.20 says, I'm going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything that you can ask or think. There's things that are bigger that God wants to do in you that you can't even think about right now. He says, I'm going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power. This is where religion misses it. In us, according to the power that is in you. We're calling on God to bring down the power. We're calling on God to pour out your power. He says, you'll never have any more power than what's inside of you today. 
You just don't know what you have. I don't know what we have. But the good news is we've been given the word of God. We've been given the Holy Ghost. And God is determined for you and me to find out what we have. Amen.